Blog Good Talk morning, everyone. Well, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Angela Payton from Grace Through Faith Worship Center, and we're here today to have uh, our corporate prayer. And um, I just want to welcome you, and for those that may be your first time, welcome. And for those who've been participating, you know, all along, we just want to thank you for being a part of what God is doing um, at Grace Through Faith Worship Center. You know, I, I really am so grateful for the power of God and His Word in our lives and how it brings to life uh, so many things um, that could be deadened in our lives. And I know that today... And every day that I am blessed and that God is for me and he's not against me, that he's the perfect father. And for that knowledge, it's just invaluable. It's just invaluable about who God is, where I'm going, his favor and love upon us and to learn to meditate on that, embrace that, the love of the Father. I was listening to a tape over and over again this week about the love of the Father and how much he loves us and how much he sacrificed so that we might live with him forever. And I was listening to uh, the conversation about the scripture that says, perfect love casts out fear. And that so many times we want to cast some things out of people, um, but the scripture gives us the formula for that spirit of fear. And it says, the scripture says that God does not give us the spirit of fear, but he gives us the spirit of a sound mind. And so when you go back and read that scripture, you cannot dispel darkness by trying to cast out darkness, but you must bring the light in. And when you bring the light in, the darkness must leave. It's not the other way around. 
And so sometimes we focus on so much intensity of what the enemy is doing in our lives or what he may be trying to do. And I'm not saying not be aware of the strategies and tactics of the enemy, but sometimes we spend too much time on the sin issue when, in fact, or, uh, you know, emotional problems that people may have when, in fact, we need to bring in and usher in the love of the Lord. And I I just want to pray with you about coming to this revelation of how much God loves you, of how much God honors you and accepts you just how you are. And once you have that revelation and you are secure in the very love of the Lord, it will dispel the fear that we may have in our lives, fear of what's going to happen to me the next day, the fear of not measuring up, the fear of not having enough money, the fear of not being liked or loved, the fear of rejection, the fear of opening up to love. You know, whatever is hindering us. See, fear binds you and wants to keep us bound up. And so I just wanted to speak to that um, today and just say that God wants you free, free from your own self, you know, Sometimes our self gets in the way, our flesh. And our flesh and ourselves is nothing more than us dealing with life and life's issues and whatever comes our way without the godly wisdom of God to anchor us, to guide us, to lead us. And a lot of times we just go off of self. We just go off of misinformation, um, hasty information, maybe the inf- maybe you know a decision that you may make or need to make. Uh, you don't even consult God. You're not even you not e- you didn't even pray about it. You didn't even see if you had peace about it. You just went forth with decisions that affect your whole family or affect you or it affect your you know your job situation whatever it may be and God was saying sometimes we have to get delivered from ourselves our selfish flesh that just is thinking about me myself and I so that's another area that I uh, the Lord was just talking to me about this week of allowing our self, our selfish flesh to get in the way of what work he wants to do in us. And a lot of times the gifts can be hindered because we're thinking about how it impacts me, how this change change in direction will change my life in the course of my life. And you know, for a lot of us, we human wisdom. There is there is some value in human wisdom, but when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, He He wants us to operate 
on a different playing field. And he, uh, as we continue to grow in Christ, he, he says we are to deny ourselves and take up our own cross and live. And so we have to wrestle with, or some of us have wrestled with, that first that very thing, and that very thing is to deny yourself. Deny your selfish ways, deny your selfish ambitions, deny your selfish thinking, and to allow God for once in your life to rule and reign the decisions you make, the the things that you say out of your mouth, um, the persona that you that you adhere to, and putting God first in that regard and allowing the love of the Lord to rule and reign your decisions, how you speak, how you talk, how you react and interact with people. And a lot of the struggle that some Christians have is just with that. It's not not Lucifer. It's not the devil. It's you. And it's you, it's yourself, and God, and you don't want God to be a hundred percent or two hundred percent in control of your life, and only that comes through love. Because once we realize that God loves us and He cares for us, then we can let go of the reins of our lives and allow Him to be Lord. We're not struggling in certain areas of of allowing Him to really be all that he can be in our lives. And it really comes down to surrendering because when you really surrender to the Lord, then it's, Lord, what? how can I serve? Where can I serve? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to uh, behave in these situations? And, and allowing God to be Lord of your life. And so that's, that's maturity. It's really growing in the mature position of the Lord and being a Christian of maturity where it's not about you any longer. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ, what he has to do, and can he use you on a regular basis to further his agenda here on earth. Um and for the most part, some people, they want to be religious. They want to be Christians, but they just want to be Christians on Sunday. They don't want to, they don't want God to consume them or their lifestyle. And so they're not willing to sacrifice even small things for the sake of Christ. And, you know, it shows up in just how we live day to day, our lifestyle, our choices, you know, how we spend our time. You know, it's amazing to me how people, even though um, you may be a pastor or a teacher or a minister or whatever, but how much time do you really, really spend with God, just one-on-one, you and him? And how many, how much time, you know, just as an everyday Christian, do we read our word, um, excluding on Sundays, you know? And so... Do we read the word on a daily basis to the point that our hearts are being touched by the power of God and that he's transforming our lives? 
you know, he's transforming our thinking, our processes, our decisions. He's given us the peace of God, and that peace is ruling our lives. We're not upset and jarred. We're already prepared for the battle. We're already prepared for the challenges that may face us. We're not taken off guard. We're listening to Holy Spirit, and he's leading and guiding us, and we are depending on him. We're not fearful if I make this move, I won't. If I don't make this move, I I cannot. And so the Lord is just saying that for our congregation, he, he wants us to step it up. He wants us to to mature to the point that we are selfless when it comes to him and his people and I think when you come to that realization that the love of God will cast out any insecurity, any fears that you may have, then we can move forward in the things of God in a matured fashion. So, you know, perfect love, to, to come into a revelation of his perfected love for us, of his perfect love for us, will cast out any inhibitions that you may have in any situation that we can go to God and know that we know that we know that we know that he loves us and that we are not anxious, we're not in fear, we're at peace, our souls are quiet. You know, the enemy can bombard us and consume us with our problems and issues of life to the point that we don't have time for the Lord, and that's just the way it is. It says, the scripture says that um, um, that we are to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. He already knew that the cares of life would come and want to, distract us and squeeze us and and mold us and change us. But he's saying that if we would cast our cares upon him, right, if we would give it to him, then he will take care of it. And he says he wants to keep our minds in perfect peace, whose what mind is stayed on him. And for us to have our minds stayed on him and not be distracted, it's, it's quite the feat for a lot of people because we are too, too busy. And I was praying about that this week, and the Lord was saying uh, to me, he was like, you will never get unbusy. You're going to have to decide what is priority, and the other things have to go. You can't make every issue or every scenario priority because it just will exhaust you and you, you just run out of steam. So we have to make the Word of God a priority. And we go to the Word of God to read the Word because there's life in His Word. Every time I read the Word, it brings life to my spirit, man. When I'm in dead situations or I am around dead situations or on favorable situations, you know, the enemy will try to bring in the spirit of depression and discouragement. But if we would just hold to His Word, Read it until things change in your heart and in your mind. You know, sometimes we'll read a scripture and we are just so, the enemy wants to rack us so much because he wants to get us discouraged and upset and to move into the flesh. 
that he will discourage us by just beating us up with not reading the word. His first his first strategy is to get you away from the mouthpiece of the Lord, the word of God. And then if he can get you doing that, then he'll distract you with an issue or a problem. Then he'll allow you to what? To take that issue and the problem and take it into your own hands. Apart from godly wisdom and godly guidance that comes through first through his word. Now the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit will give you guidance and tell you you shouldn't do that. But but what happens is because of our flesh and our emotional state, we may trump that. But if you have the word of God really solid in your life, then it will trump even that. So you have two against one. You have your Holy Spirit prompting, amen, for that. And then you have a solid word of God that you can bring forth out of your mouth when you get challenged, and that's two against one. And so God is saying it's not enough. The gifts are great. The supernatural is great, but you have to have a balance of both that and the word because the enemy will try to to discourage you, try to get you depressed, try to do all these things. But what we have to do is we have to stay shored up in his word and take that word, and he said he will bring that word to remembrance. And when he does, you know that you you know that you know that you know what you're supposed to do. See, the word grounds us. And if we are lacking in the word, studying the word, meditate on the word, have the word down deep in your heart, you know, not just this surface thing, but really spending time allowing the word to take root. See, if something takes root, it produces a fruit. But if you don't take root, it can never produce fruit. And some of us are are really eating off of other folks' fruit. We haven't we haven't built roots deep down in our heart ourselves with the word. And then on Sunday we just pick off of somebody else's tree. Well, the problem with that is, like anything, fruit don't last for so long. And it can go rotten and stale or whatever it may be. And so it's a constant daily thing that you must you must be rooted and grounded in the word of God so that you can bear much fruit on your own. You have your own tree to pick fruit from. Amen. Not pick pick somebody else's fruit on Sunday in hopes it lasts to the next Sunday. It really doesn't work effective like that. And the enemy knows you ain't been in the word a whole week. You don't know what God is saying to you through his word. And then a challenge comes, and we get in the flesh, and we get angry, and we get spiteful or whatever it is because we don't have any fruit to pick from to deal with that situation or that challenging situation. And then the enemy gets you back uh, in the flesh, and then you're on his territory. You're in self. That is self is uh, apart from godly wisdom. You're not entertaining God. You're not praying to God, and you're not submitting to what thus saith the Lord through that word. Then we are defeated, and we're defeated by our own hand because we're not what? Doing what God told us to do to put on the whole arm of God and be ready to stand in that day and be obedient. So the enemy gets to defeat us, right? 
but he defeats us by our own hand because we are fully equipped. If we would just read the word and do the word and study the word and get the word on the inside of us and get rooted and grounded, oh, my God, with that included with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're unstoppable. You know, the enemy came to Jesus when he was weak in the wilderness, and what 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 saved the, what, what saved Jesus was not signs and miracles and wonders. It was the Word of God. He had something to speak to that situation in his in his in his fleshly weakness when he was weak. It's a picture of us being weak in our flesh. When we're weak in our flesh, we cannot expect to fight the enemy off with with uh, uh, just uh, giftings and stuff. We have to be able to use the giftings wisely and with prudence and when the situation warrants it. But we just can't ride off of that. And that and it tells you that. And God showed Jesus showed us as our elder brother how to handle the enemy. And when we're at our weakest in our flesh, we must handle it with the word of God, with the guidance, instruction of the Lord. You know, the word of God is our instruction book, and instructions are to be followed, not to be debated, but to be followed. And when we choose not to do the word or debate over the word, and God tells you to go left and you go right, you have disobeyed that instruction. It's just like, getting um, GPS, and it keeps saying, you know, go left and you go right. And you, you're not even following the directions of the authority that's telling you, I know which way you, you're going. I know the destination. Now, here is the quickest way. It tells you different things. It tells you it, this, this is the shortest way to get there. This is the quickest way to get there. You know what I mean? And so... What we have to do is choose to do right. Now, if you choose to do opposite, which some people would probably say is foolish, you'll probably never end up getting there. But what that what that GPS does, it keeps saying recalculate, recalculate, recalculate. It has it doesn't give, even give up. It just keeps recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. And so God is like that with us. He keeps recalculating the air our lives because he has a destination and a vision for us and a plan for us, and he has a good end for us, and he keeps recalculating, recalibrating our lives. The question is, are we at a point in our lives where we're wanting to obey the Lord, where we're willing to submit our lives to Jesus, where we're saying, Lord, it's not my will, it's your will, oh God. I've lived my life for 40, 50 years not doing exactly what you've told me to do. I've taken a lot of detours, oh God. I've not allowed you to rule and reign. I've allowed my flesh to get in the way, and I've called it whatever I've called it, but I have not used godly counsel. Oh, I didn't know that godly counsel, and so I got into myself, apart from you, and and this is where I am. And so we need to be clear about it because a lot of people say flesh, 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 and they make it sound religious when, in fact, it's just you, a self. You have a will. You have motions. You have whatever God has placed you with to operate on this earth. You have your spirit man, and your solical realm can run your life apart from the Lord Jesus Christ because we have to re 
renew our minds. Not only do we renew our minds, but we follow that renewed mind. We follow the instructions of the renewed mind. Now, some people want to ascend to a lot of knowledge, but that's not renewing your mind because renewing your mind is transformed. Your mind was one way today and is literally transformed into something else. And because you renewed it, it's just like recoding. If you code something and it's an error, if you recode it, it has new instructions and it follows that new instruction. It doesn't follow the old instruction because it doesn't exist anymore. And so a couple of things. Some people say they renewed their mind, but they really haven't. They're still going off of the wrong old code. It still wants to go back to the old, old ways, old instruction book. Even though the new instruction book is sitting there, they said, no, I'm going after the old instruction book. Some people haven't read the word, so they don't even know. You know, they, they hadn't renewed their mind. They hadn't gone to base one. They hadn't gotten to home. They haven't gotten to the first base. They're just sitting there, and the game is being played, and and they're not even at first base, second base, third base to the home run. And so God is saying, read my word, digest my word. It's my instruction. It's not some religious exercise. It is how we're supposed to live our lives. And if we're lacking in a certain area, we need to go to the Bible and read it, and then we must commit to doing the Word. We can't, so many Christians are stuck right there. They read the Word, but they, you say, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. But see, the next day does never come. The next day never comes, and then you're stuck. So we must obey the word. If we see the word, we must be obedient to the word. And what we do is we repent. Look, if you haven't been doing the word on a consistent basis, the first thing you have to do is is repent and ask the Lord to give you the heart to obey his word. Give you the heart and the equipment in you to obey it, to submit to it to not wrestle with it, to not be rebellious against it, to not say, well, you know, I suppose to go to church, but, you know, I got all these thousand things to do. I should be on time, but I'm hating God because he ain't done what I wanted him to do in the time and he wanted me to do it. You know, we have to get to a place where we're going to be mature Christians in Christ and stop making excuses. And as soon as we submit, the enemy is upset because we gain ground when we submit. We gain more ground when we submit to the word of God, even in little things, than we do if we just go around little cheating little things. You know, cheat little cheats. I call little cheats. You know, you say, well, I went to church, so I'm good. No. Have you read your Bible? Have you read the instructions in the Bible about certain situations in your life that you're struggling with? And have you committed to obeying that? See, that's an act of your will. And you do have a will because you will to not do the word. Okay, so you have a will. It's a choice. It's called choosing. Choices, choices, choices. And you have to ask the Lord to help you with choosing the right thing because your will is involved. And sometimes your will is so powerful over uh, just yourself. It's so powerful that sometimes you just have to... Go and, and, and what I would say is fast and pray. 
Because when you fast and you try to put your flesh in check, no, you will not do this today. We're not going to have this today. We're going to, we're not going to act unseemly today. You have to. Some people have to actually fast and pray to get your emotions in check. You know, if you're running around all the time and you're getting hit and busy all the time, you have not submitted your life to Jesus, and your flesh is ruling and reigning. And you may get some successes, but this consistency is not there. And it shows in your life, up and down, up and down, like a roller coaster. But there should be some consistency. And consistency comes with willing to be matured in the things of God. And sometimes God can't take you to the next level because he said it'll just destroy you. You, you. You're not, there's some basic fundamental things that I need you to be consistent in. And consistency is over time that you over and over again, you, you are, I can trust you to do this, then I can take you to the next level. Amen. And so I know I said a lot, but I just want to pray. Father, I thank you right now that you give us a heart for your word. You know, we have so many idols in our lives, oh God. So many idols, so many things that we worship apart from you, Lord God. And so, Lord, we repent of that, whether it's ministry, whether it's um, our families, Lord God, whether it's relationships, oh God, whatever it may be, God, that we worship more than you. Lord, even church and things like that, God, we we just rebuke that spirit of worshiping the wrong thing. And we recalibrate and ask you, oh God, to show us what's important, what's important from a, from a heart perspective. And though we have challenges and issues that come in faith and, and stand down and try to stand us down, Lord God, we put you first so that we know how to deal with these issues and concerns that we have. And a lot of it is, is we just not have not put you first. In our intimate time and relationship with you, we haven't waited for your peace. We haven't spent hours with you. We spend seconds with you, and we expect to hear the voice of God and the clarity. It won't happen. And so, Lord God, we, we come to you today and we repent. And some of these issues and problems, Lord God, that we have, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, you will give us a nudge. You will give us direction. And it's up to us, oh God, to to walk that out, to walk out in faith what you told us to do. And so, Lord God, we thank you for that. And where there is, we don't seem any direction or things don't need to change, then we ask you, God, for a spirit of peace and the spirit of love, and the spirit of um, gentleness that will come over our hearts to know, oh God, when it's time for us to move, when it's time for us to settle down and do what you ask us to do, that we're willing and able and wanting from our hearts to do it and not patronizing you, saying we want it and then we go off and do something different. Because we don't gain ground that way. We don't gain territory that way. We remain in the same place around the same mountain, and we have not conquered our mountains. We have not conquered, oh God, and you want us to be more than conquerors. 
and someone who is more than a conqueror not only know how to deal with challenges and defeat them, but they know the strategies ahead of time to to even fall challenges. And that's just walking in wisdom, walking in wisdom, not trying to shortcut, not trying to take shortcuts, not trying to, trying to take quick, rich schemes, because that is not of you, Lord God. And we just submit our whole being to you, Lord God, and our pride cannot get in the way. Lord God, I rebuke the spirit of pride. If we need to rearrange the furniture, Lord God, give us the wherewithal to rearrange the furniture. If we need to stand down, then, Lord God, give us the wherewithal to stand down and not just proceed in an unseemly way because we we got uh, our pride get in the way. You know, it's just like someone driving a car and, and uh, they got this and they, they lost, but they're too prideful to... To, to accept that they're lost and too prideful to turn around. We don't want to be those foolish people, Lord God. If we need to make adjustments, then, Lord God, give us the wherewithal and the, and the, and the trust to do that in you, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord God. Even in challenging, viciously challenging situations, which the enemy brings, just like he brought to Jesus, to what? To derail Jesus. He was like, well, if you're God. Well, Jesus knew who he was, but the enemy was trying to make him think that he didn't know who he was and what he was about and using his power as God to do what he needed to do in a human way and thaw the plan of God to save humanity. See, God can give us a vision, but then we have to play it out the way he would like us to play it out. We don't get to tell him how he wants to change the furniture or rearrange things. And so we can get stuck there. We can say, well, I know God called me to X, Y, Z, but then we try to to do it ourselves, and we create a lot of Ishmaels. When God was telling us that we just be patient, he would give us the promise. And the way he gives us the promise, it will add no sorrow. Amen? And so we have to check ourselves even in those areas where God is saying, hey, I'm giving you I want you to move in this ministry. There is no question about it. But I'm requiring of you some things that will help you go the distance. Being obedient. Getting quiet before him. Making him first. Not in just actions, but in our hearts. Letting him melt away any resentment and fear and letting him be God. Hearing him louder than we hear our own flesh, our own self, apart from him and his wisdom. We can do it our way or we can do it God's way. And his way is perfect and it adds no sorrow. It may make you a bit nervous 
because we don't know the next move. But he does, and it requires trust. And when we trust the Lord, it's just an element of perfect love. And that perfect love, that perfected trust, will cast out any fear. And when we truly trust the Lord, when we allow the love of God to come into our hearts to the point where we say, you know what, I don't know how, who, what, when, but I know that the Lord spoke to me. He confirmed it in his word, and I trust him, and I can submit to him. And I don't need to know how, but I know that it will. Amen. So that's where we need to be. We need to say, I trust him. I don't know how, but he's a good father. He's creative father. He can create things. He can create new organs, new body parts. He can create me a new mind that can function and think. He can create new brain cells in my head. He's a creative God. I don't need to know how he he does it. All I need to know is that he will. And I do believe that he will because his promises are yes and amen. And if I take a problem to him and give him full authority over it, he'll fix it. And we can trust him and believe him. And when we do that, we're at peace. And when the enemy says, well, what do you think going to happen? You say, no. I, I take my mind off of that. I know I'm at peace. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what tomorrow may look like. But I do know that he is here with me and that I choose to trust. And when we choose to trust, sight unseen, then we're getting somewhere. We're beginning to allow God to permeate our hearts and our souls. We're releasing ourselves to Jesus in a way that a lot of people have never released themselves to the Lord. You know, we hold back. We hold back just a little bit just in case I need to handle this. You don't need to handle it. You need to leave it to the Lord. You need to let it go. You need to release people who may even hurt you, despitefully use you, said all manner of evil against you. And you need to release them and let it go. Let it go and allow God to deal with them and their issues and release it. That hold any bitterness in your heart so that you have room for Jesus. We don't want our hearts filled up with people who have hurt us, who have talked about us, who have defamed us. We don't want our hearts filled up with that because we won't have room for the Lord. And so that's why he asks us to, to release it. It's like a, if you look at your heart and it's like a, if you look at a bowl, you know, just take a bowl and you look at this is your heart. If it's filled up with all 
stuff from other people, and that's what comes up in your heart, then you need to repent and say, Lord, I release that. And in place of that, I'm going to put your prayers and worship and loving you, filling my heart with that. And when that ugly problem comes up and wants to fill my heart, when the pain wants to come up and and tap me and say, can I come in? You say, no, you can't come in here. There's no room for you because I'm full of Jesus. No, I don't know how the situation is going to flow or going to pan out. I, that's not my problem. I have given it to Jesus, and I refuse to take it back. I give it to the Lord, and he is trustworthy, and he will fix it. That's what you tell the enemy. God will fix it. And if you keep telling the devil that long enough, you'll believe it, and surely he will, and he will what? Flee. He says resist the devil, and we resist the devil by our words. We resist the devil by our hearts being positioned. But the first the first thing we have to do is not allow those negative emotions to churn in our spirit man, to have place in us. Because as soon as we do that, we have, we have let the self get in the way. We've let ourselves get in the way. And so we let ourselves take, get on the throne. God's not on the throne. His word's not on the throne. You know, it's just like, it's just like when we were in school and, you know, not in school, but uh, sometimes you, well, so, you know, sometimes you are, um, your parents may have left for a minute and they tell somebody's going to be in charge. Well, it's not the mother that's in charge or the father's in charge because they're absent. But they gave that authority of who's in charge, why they're away, to you. You're the oldest daughter or the oldest brother. And so the kids sometimes, they want to cut up because they know really you're not in charge. You was just delegated authority, Right. So they don't want to cut up. But what, what God is saying is that in the self, with our flesh, we have to allow God to what? To rule and reign. And those children, the enemy thinks that just because Jesus is not in the room that you don't have authority, and he will, he will try you. And what you have to realize is, no, you have full authority. Just as as Jesus was in the room, and you have to take authority over your thoughts, over and take them captive. Take them captive, your thought life. That's why reading the Bible is so important because your your thoughts have to to register when you're reading the word. You're processing that, and a lot of people won't read the word, and they're not getting they're not getting to to first base because they're not processing what God is saying. So they're listening to the news, and it's filling their heart and their minds with negativity, or just it's not not negative. It's just it's just it's just filling your heart where you have no room for the Lord. Then it gives you a desire of the fleshly things where you don't want to listen to God. You don't want Him to rule and reign because your bowl is filled up with the daily news, with 
with everything else that's going on because our flesh, it just draws us away from the things of God. It draws us away from anything that's, that's not godly. It's just a natural thing. And so you have to learn that, no, I'm not going to spend my time like that because in this lifetime I'm not going to be victorious if I just, you know, have 10% of Jesus and 90% of the world. It, you just will not be successful. You'll be sealed. You'll go on to Jesus. You're going to be with Jesus, but you're not going to be successful because your bowl is 10% Jesus and 20, 90% other, Okay. You know, so that that's a problem. We have to be full of the Spirit of God, which is his word. What did God say? You know, so many Christians I ask them, what does God say in this situation? And you you don't have an answer. That's because you don't have the word. You haven't read and put it in your heart. And so when you don't do that, there's nothing good can become of your situation because you're going to lean to what? To your understanding, which is yourself. You're not leaning to God's understanding because you don't understand what God wants you to do in that situation. Amen. So that is some things that the Lord just laid on my heart. Father, I thank you right now that we do not lean unto our own understanding. I don't care. The, 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 the flesh will rise up and say, I, yes, I will. So we're saying, no, we don't. We don't. We don't want to keep going around the same mountain and wondering why it looks the same. It is the same mountain. But we submit ourselves, Lord God, to you. We relinquish our right to be right and allow you, O oh God, to come in the middle of our situation and circumstances and to be Lord. We search your word for the answer. Lord God, and we, 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 we will not be provoked. We will not allow the enemy to provoke us, to anger, to provoke us, to wrongdoing, to taking self and putting it back on the throne, and not being godly in our actions, in our words, and in our deeds. We submit our lives and our hearts and our and our and our daily deeds to you. And as we do, Lord God, we'll find the peace that obeys us. Because quite frankly, we have become carnal. We have become we have become carnal and you don't want us to be carnal Christians. You want us to be Christians who are full of the Spirit of God, who are walking and talking and living out Jesus every every waking moment. So, Lord God, today we just crucify, crucify our flesh, our self, Lord God. Self has got in the way. And self is nothing more than our way and not your way. And so, Lord, we rebuke that. We don't want to be in the way. We want to do things your way. You have principles in place that you want us to honor. And if we will not do that, then we cannot be victorious Christians in this lifetime. We just won't because we're not doing the word of God. 
We're not allowing the word to transform our hearts and our minds. We're not doing it on a consistent basis. We'll do it one day, and the next day we'll say, well, <clears throat> yeah, I would do it, but no, I'm not going to do that today. And the enemy is the only one who was getting all the glory for defeating us yet another day. So, Lord, we say, Lord, we open up our hearts, ask you to forgive us, cleanse us, help us to repent in a sincere manner so that we never, ever, ever again want to do wrong and want to live a cycle of sin when it comes to doing the right thing for the right reasons and when to do it. And, Lord God, you understand that we are to be renewed in our minds so that we will do the right thing, so we will be able to share our faith, be able to live out our lives in love. And so, God, we thank you that we're growing day by day, moment by moment, learning about your love for us about your love for us, and that love casts out, throws out fear. And we thank you, Lord. And when the enemy of our soul comes to try to fill us us up with anxiety or fear or dismay or discouragement or disappointment in ourselves where we don't feel like we measure up, Lord God, we rebuke it, and we know that you love us and that what the Word says we can do through you, O God, that we're mighty in God. And the things that we idolize, Lord God, whether it's a house, mansion, cars, stuff, Lord God, that doesn't satisfy, we just put all that on the altar, Lord God, because it's not of you. It's not of you, Lord God. We can fill our lives up with stuff and junk and things. But, Lord God, you require that we are in relationship with you, and that relationship trumps everything else. And, Lord, help us to live a simple life. You know, so many times, years and years ago when I was growing up, you know, our families, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had each other, and it was a simple life. It seems that now we got a lot of stuff, and it is more intense and complex. Our lives are more complex, and it seems to be just squeezed with time. I rebuke that, Lord God, because even that is not of you, Lord God, because you're not going to change the time. It's just how do we prioritize our time? What is important so that we can live valuable, meaningful lives? not rushed, running from here to there to everywhere, and not ever really enjoying the journey, enjoying family, enjoying each other and what we have. We're just after stuff. So help us to be, to recognize that and become more simplistic in our daily walk with you and with others and with what we want, because more stuff and more busyness is not the answer. So, Lord, we lift that up, being too busy, 
busy, busy, busy, and not really being transformed by the power of the living God. You have a way, Lord God, that seems right before man. And so, Lord, we want that way. We want to know what is our priority. We want to know what it is, oh God, that you want us to do. And we'll do that and do that only. And so, Lord God, we thank you that our families are important, that our children and how we raise them are are key points. It's not it's it's, it's just priority. And help us to adjust us ourselves, oh God, so that we know what season we're in and that we're willing to obey. That we're willing to open our hearts up, oh God, and submit ourselves to you, oh God, and find you there. And find you, oh God, so that our hearts and our minds are at peace and that we're not looking for the next big thing, but that the next big thing has already come, and that is our relationship with you. I pray, Lord God, that you become bigger than life to us, bigger than life, bigger than our daily chores, bigger than what's on our to-do list, bigger than all of that, so that we can find ourselves in you and be content in that. I found Paul had found the sweet spot. Though he was in tremendous ministry and all over the map, Lord God, I I know from reading his his word that he was grounded. He was a man that was grounded in love and was content, understanding it all, understanding his place in you, and he loved you more than he loved ministry, than, than the missions, all of that. He loved you. And out of that love, it propelled him to partner with you to save the world. But he didn't stop loving on you. He didn't stop letting that be center stage. It was his core. His core being was being in your presence and loving you. And then out of that overflow, he served the body of Christ. Lord God, help us to understand that unless we're anchored in you, then whatever we're doing is going to not be works that you're going to be pleased with. It may contain a a result, an end result. People may get healed. People may get set free. People may get delivered. But if it's not rooted and grounding out of the core of our love for you and we're not spending that quality time with you to the point that we're in overflow, then it's not what you're ple- you're not going to be pleased with that. And so, Lord, we repent of that. We need to be in the overflow out of a love relationship with you. And out of that, Lord God, then the clarity will come and we can be quiet and at peace and content with you. We won't be anxious, Lord God. In the areas that you need to heal our hearts in, you'll, you'll, they'll surface and we'll be able to deal with those things. 
We'll be able to deal with the anxiety. We'll be able to deal with the frustration. We'll be able to deal with with this thing that's gnawing at us. It's just not right. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that you'll just bring peace to those who need peace. And that peace will surpass all understanding to the point that it will trump everything else. And we'll know that we know that we know that we love you and that you love us and that we're anchored in you not anchored in things, not anchored in the next big thing, not anchored in any decision that we, hallelujah, that we're anchored in our relationship with you. And it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter anymore. But that we need you and that our thirst and our hunger is after you, oh God, and nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Well, I pray that you have a blessed day, that you find some time to soak in the things of the Lord, put on some worship music, allow yourself to spend time with him, and allow him to just come into your heart and make you afresh and anew. Amen. And so we have to spend that time with the Lord. We can't rush our relationship with Jesus, and we need to spend time with him in his presence uh, on a on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and allow him to really penetrate your heart and begin let him heal you from the inside. And so you have a blessed day. And for those who are coming on Sunday, we we will see you tomorrow at nine thirty at Grace Through Faith Worship Center. Amen. <laughs>